Hey guys, it's Tim Dormer. Welcome to the next episode of Pop Sugar Australia's pilot season of Popcast, which explores life after reality TV. I'll be your host for this season, and some of Australia's most recognised and notable contestants from shows like Big Brother, The Bachelor, and The Bachelorette, they're going to be joining me to talk about the sudden impact of fame. And what happens after the limelight dims? In this episode, we've got a treat for you, tasty treat. It's Hayden Quinn from Series 3 of MasterChef in 2011. Welcome to the show, Hayden. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having us. Tell me, how did you begin uh, to find yourself on MasterChef? What were you doing before this reality TV world? Well- before before reality TV, I was never called a tasty treat. <laughs> you I, like that one? I like that one a lot. <laughs> um, before MasterChef, I was a professional lifeguard. So I worked on the beach, uh, on the northern beaches for Warringah Council. Yeah. So I worked there for about eight years, basically... Went to uni, studied a Bachelor of Science in Marine Biology. I read that. Yeah. That is crazy. I did a Bachelor of Science, actually. Some of my oh. majors were Marine Biology. So there really? you go. There yeah. you go. Oh, awesome. We should change this to like a scientific podcast now. <laughs> hey? No, no. They want us reality TV stars to be dumb. You're dumb, not allowed yeah. to tell them that you're yeah, smart. Don't, don't be smart. Don't <laughs> be smart. But uh, so I went to uni and did that over at UTS. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, for me, the Marine Biology thing was just something that interested me. Yeah. You know, I grew up on the ocean. It was something that... I really loved and I wanted to learn more about. I had no idea if I'd get a job or what would come from it. Mm. And basically nothing really did. I got <laughs> I got I got offered opportunities to do further study and continue into PhD and stuff yeah. like that. But then I was like, oh, I might go to Europe. And then yeah. I went to Europe and then came back and kept lifeguarding and yeah, basically that was me before MasterChef 2011. So were you a, a chef at home? Like you yeah. enjoyed cooking? Yeah, you know, I love cooking. You know, for me I basically lifeguarded seven months of the year, then travelled for five. And the reason for travel was to explore new places, eat amazing food, meet mm. new people. And I think everyone finds that no matter where you go, it, food is always the constant. You mm. know, you, Everyone has to eat. And I was particularly interested by culture and food and how it all came together. And, and number one, sharing conversations around a dinner table. Uh, I was fortunate to grow up in a house where my mum was in the food world. So yep. she was a home economist. So she used to teach. What's that? Basically, it's like home ec, they call it. Yeah. You know, you're at home yeah, yeah, ec yeah. at school. Yep. So right. she taught that at TAFE. Cool, so basically, yeah. it's how you run your household and like yep. cooking good food, how much it costs, things we should all still be getting taught, but we don't seem yeah. to get that info anymore. Because, Isn't it funny? Yeah. I, I guess all on an, on our phones, you get food delivered exactly. now. Not yeah. many people know how to cook. No, it's, it's kind of sad. And for me, one of the beautiful things about cooking is that relaxing... You know, just standing around, glass of wine, cooking yeah. away. It's great to sort of chill out and do some cooking. So I always cooked at home, um, was surrounded by great food, and I guess I picked up a whole heap of stuff along the way from, from my mum, from eating out and, you know, watching Huey's cooking adventures yeah. and, you know, the, the cook and the chef, Maggie Beer. I'd come yeah. home from school and I'd sit down and watch those crazy, weird sort of four o'clock in the afternoon shows. Right. So you were kind of interested yeah. in cooking on television. Yeah, I was in, I was in, always interested in in like cooking and, and you know how you can sort of share a bit of yourself through food and yeah, that's what right. I think I do sort of today. And so you were on season three of MasterChef, and it, it was a, a big phenomenon at that time, like it, yeah. kind of the the first few uh, cooking shows. And there's been a lot of different variations mm. of that since, but. Everyone was introduced to, I mean, being passionate about food. Yeah. We we talk about, like, education around food, and today a lot of the people that we meet are 
are learning from shows like mm. MasterChef. So watching it when it launched, did you kind of go, I want to be in on that? Um, what, nah. <laughs> what was the first sort of... Well, I think I was overseas a lot of the time because it airs in winter mm. and whenever it was winter here in Australia, I was off in... You clear off to yeah, find a beach where it's yeah, warm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. So I, did, I always caught the start and sort of the end yeah. and I was a bit like, oh, I could do that. For me, it was more about the adventure. It was like, I love food. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'm a young guy. I've got nothing to lose. Let's give it a shot. And I put the application in for MasterChef, yeah. not really thinking too much about it. You know, I just filled it all in, sent a photo off, and next minute getting a phone call mm. and it just sort of went from there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was cool. So I, I guess you were drawn by the, the food aspect. Was there any hesitation about being on television? Was that something, were you theatrical at all? Or did you oh. kind of put yourself out there in any other dramatic arts? No, I'm, I'm arts? pretty, no, 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 no dramatic arts, yeah. no public speaking, nothing yeah. like that. I was, you know, I went through school and uni and... Anytime we had to do like a presentation or a speech, I was terrified. Yeah. You know? It's it's scary. Uh, back in 2011, I, I guess there wasn't much social media. like That hadn't really taken off yet. And people that were doing reality shows kind of, mm. it, it was just a bit of fun. And then, mm. uh, I mean, I guess you're not going on there for fame or, or to become Insta-famous because... Yeah. That, that didn't exist. There was no Instagram in 2011. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was a different breed of people that were applying yeah, I think for reality shows back then. I definitely, the, I went on there purely for a bit of, initially it was like, this sounds interesting, adventure, this is mm. going to be a bit of a laugh. Mm. I didn't expect it to go where it went. Um, I didn't expect to get past the first application, let alone the f- top 50, because we had t- in MasterChef back then, there was top 50, top 24, and then you went from there. Yeah, that's right. So it was like a massive group of people. I'm looking around going, oh my God, this is incredible. Look at all these people. Yeah. And I just sort of went with it and, and learned a lot along the way and yeah. developed. But yeah, I was there for a bit of fun and to learn. And Like, was the competition really intimidating? Like, it, it, I mean, you thought you were passionate about food and that you were a great chef, but all of a sudden you're in a room where there's oh. other people that are also at your level. A hundred percent. It was it was super intimidating. And I always say now, I said, if if I applied for MasterChef like 2018, yeah. I'd be like, see you, mate. Really? Don't even worry about it. Because the quality has just got yep. so good. Yep. But back then, you know, you, you look at around the room and there's like people that are doing these amazing pastries and cakes and all these things that I've never done before. You yeah, yeah. In food, you're either sort of like a sweet person or you do savoury. Like, mm-hmm. it's very rare that someone, like, dominates in both right. of them. I was, like, savoury because I just whip things together and mm. it just sort of came a bit naturally for me. But the pastry side of things, it's more of a science. And I am analytical like that, but it wasn't for me. So, I was yeah. so whenever we got, a, a like, a sweet pastry challenge, I was... You were freaking out. Freaking, massively. I feel as though people watching, like, that, that level of cooking has changed the expectation of food on the table back at home. Like definitely now everyone puts a bit more effort into presentation. And I I grew up and it was just meat and three veg and a bit of sloppy mashed potato on the side. Just on the side, off you go, well done, bit of Tommy sauce. But I think that basically MasterChef is claiming that the term plating up, I'm yes. going to go plate up, you yeah. know, you're just cooking and okay, everyone's, you know, getting ready and like, oh, I've got to go plate up. <laughs> it's like, that's like an actual thing now. People say that. Like, Absolutely. My mum would have never said, oh, excuse me, sorry kids, I'm just going to go plate up. <laughs> it's like, here's your food, you know, just start eating. But I guess it's also brought um, like the, the rating of food out. Like, mm. I'm sure this kid's saying to mum, come on mum, this isn't your best. Like, it's, it's a five mum. <laughs> it's a five from me. See you later. But I think it also, and further on from that, it, it also puts a lot of pressure on those in restaurants, you know, because mm. 
now everyone thinks they're a food critic. Everyone thinks yeah. that they're George, Matt, and Gary. And I guess that's what I want to talk to you a lot about today is um, how much of the food that is made on MasterChef actually tastes the way it looks. Well, it's hard. When you're making food television, like we did Family Food Fight last year for Channel 9, it's the same deal. Obviously, number one with any sort of food is food safety and food handling. Mm-hmm. And that that is the highest priority from... But this is television. It's not a, it's not a business. So. No, but I've got to eat it. You know, if I'm a yeah. judge on Family Food Fight or I'm George, Matt and Gary on MasterChef, if you if you lose your one of your judges for food poisoning for a week, yeah. you lose millions of dollars. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like they're such an integral part of the production. So um, there's a standard that's huge yeah. standard, you know, and what people don't see is there's like a head chef, a second chef, and like four food economists on set. And they're right. watching everything, they're controlling yeah. everything, plus a food team yeah. that like manages all the stock. Like yeah. you look at the Master Chef pantry and it's like the most incredible thing in the world. And you're yeah. like, someone has to get all that and source it and make sure it's safe and edible and kept at the right temperature. So yeah, it's it's a huge process mm. to go from like uncooked produce to cooked produce to then be tasted. Mm-hmm. And if you're tasting 24 dishes, you know, they've got to cool it, they've got to get it in the fridge, they've got to store it, and then they've got to shoot it. So it's, it's cold food, basically. I guess that's the, the behind the scenes of a cooking reality show. That's the question I want to know. There's 24 people cooking a mm. meal and three judges that are lining up to taste it. There's, there is going to be a lot of time between oh, when it was cooked to when they eat it. 100%. So how does that affect the quality and, and what you intended in the dish? So the way it works, basically what happens is you see George, Matt and Gary or you know myself, Matt Moran, whatever, in family, you walk around and you're tasting and trying the dishes as, as they're it cooking goes, them. Yeah. And like a trained eye, like you know George, he can see if you're cooking your meatballs and he sees that you're using lean mints and there's no fat in it. Mm. And you're cooking them for like 45 minutes. He knows they're going to be dry rubber bullets. Yeah. Tip for tonight. Don't use lean mints. Otherwise, you'll be in a bit of trouble. But, oh, you know, they bring on the fat. Yeah, you got to have a little bit of fat in there so, so it melts. Yeah, yeah it melts right, through. Right. But, yeah, there's those little things that they're walking around. So you've got the three judges walking around, checking out the food, eyeballing it, tasting it as it goes. Then you've got like three food techs plus two chefs that work in the production team. They're going around watching, making sure everyone's doing the right thing, taking notes, Yeah. plus everyone in the control room. So there's like yeah. a lot of eyes, on, eyes the food. on the food. yeah. And then, you know, the tasting. And what I did when I was in MasterChef, if I had enough, I'd always like played up a normal dish mm-hmm. and then played up a little bit of like, here's my sauce, here's my this, here's my that. Because the judges will come around while it's hot, try everything, notes, you know. So while it's still hot, they're still tasting it. So they know what it's they know what it's going to taste like before it gets to that point. And do you think that helped you on the show? Like, is that? Um, I think it was advice? just a bit of a smart play. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people would you know did it because if you had extras, you might as well you know have it there for them to taste. And you know, there's a l- different things that the judges will take into consideration when it comes to trying it and knowing that it's you know cold and it has been there, and you can factor mm. that in. Mm. So I mean, it's a pressure cooker situation mm. when you, when you're plating up dishes and and multiple dishes over how many weeks is the show shot? How how quickly you're pumping out all um, these dishes? I was I was in the MasterChef uh, uh, sort of house for like six months. Yeah, wow, it's quite a long time. Yeah, I think they shoot like 150 days a year. No way. That's yeah. that's longer than I did on Big Brother. Yeah, that's it's like, massive. Yeah. It's huge. It's and like, how on earth are you keeping up with that demand for variety of dishes? Like I um, mean you give an instruction, but are you do you run out of 
I think it, yeah, you you just got to rely on your knowledge base. You know, yeah. you're relying on that bank of recipes that you've got in your head. The yeah. flavor, it's and at the end of the day, food you can have like all this information running around your head, and you know that this goes with that, and that goes with this, and you sort of create a dish from like this weird encyclopedia mm. of what goes with each other. Mm. Um, and if you got a good little bit of info up in the noggin yeah you should be okay yeah it's when they throw a spanner like a mystery box or something yeah. that doesn't go together and you're like oh no in trouble here but um yeah i think it's just having that knowledge really helps um and the more you do it the more pressure you're under the more time you spend in that environment the better you become um and i'm a pretty chilled guy as well you know there's a lot of people you could see that freak and you're like oh mm. you're not gonna last too long you can just tell just needs to be chilled well, that's it. At the end of the day, you're being filmed as part of a television competition. Yep. How much does that competition around you affect your mind? Like, did you um, get caught up in, in that? This is a game. How much do you want to win? I'm definitely very competitive. I'm a competitive person. But I went in, you know, a lot of shows like MasterChef and The Block and, you know, your Bachelorette, Bachelor, Big Brother, a lot of people you see going into it and you can just feel that they're going in there because they, they need to, they need mm. it. They want to change something. They're like, mm-hmm. this is my this is my chance. My that was me. Chance. That yeah. was me. Yeah. I, I, there was no other option but to win. Yeah. It was just eyes on the prize. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it, 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 I figured I burnt out by the end. And I guess, Big Brother, you don't go home back to your house when cameras stop rolling. Yeah. It was like 101 days of that pressure what, of yeah. a game. You're on. Yeah, and see, I, w- I was someone that you know, especially on the MasterChef side of things, it's like, okay, this is going to get me a cookbook, or this is going to get me this. Mm-hmm. Or this is gonna- I was just like, this is great. I'm having yeah, the best right. time. I'm, you know, having fun. I'm learning new things. There's great people. I'm really engaged and interested in the mm. whole production side of things. You know how the cameras work. It's all these people doing these amazing, cool roles. Like TV's cool. TV- yeah. the way it- the way it works is amazing. Yeah. Like in Bree Brother, it's completely different because you don't see any of that. Yeah, just like, I guess, yeah, the, you're just the walls, like, yeah. You're just in there. But we were seeing this all this stuff happening around and that, that got me really excited and I guess that's sort of where it's like, oh, this TV world's really cool. I wouldn't mind continuing and doing this. Yeah. There's so many different things you can do. But it wasn't, if, if I came out and got knocked out in the first week, it wasn't going to be like the end of my life. Like, I just go back and lifeguard and I'd be mm. sweet. Well, you were a fan favourite. I mean, people were shocked when you left. Um what was that elimination moment like? Um, it was pretty tough. Uh, I, gosh, I haven't even watched that episode, eh? I, I've, Why didn't, is that? I you, didn't watch any of it. Yeah, I haven't watched any of mine. Yeah, I can't. Either. I don't really like seeing myself on television, as weird as that is. I watch some of the newer stuff I've done. I watch just yep. purely for professional development uh-huh. to see what I need to yep. do better. But like the first MasterChef yeah. stuff, it's cringeworthy. I'm like, oh, like it's so long ago now too. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the elimination, I, I sort of knew my time was coming, Yeah, you know, yeah, they, the people I was cooking against, like Michael, who was in the, there was three of us, so one of us was going home, two were going through, the two that did go through actually went on to go to the grand final, so I feel pretty good about that. Mm. It's, it's, it's an interesting point you make, I guess uh, shows like the, the Bachelor or, or Big Brother, um, it's it's not your talent that's being judged mm. or that's getting you through each week. It's maybe something a little bit more personal. I, I've often wondered with these talent-based shows, then is elimination a little bit less um, like a bruise to the ego because it's... Or is it more? Like No, no, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. If someone said, no, nah, Hayden, you're, you're punted because we don't like... You you're, know, boring. You're, you're boring. You're yeah. boring. Your personality's crap. Yeah. 
Like, we don't like... That's like, oh, God, that's me. Oh, you're talking about me. When it's like, oh, you put too much salt on the radish. Yeah. And it's too salty, which is what happened. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, damn, next time I won't put so much salt in. Off we go. We'll do it again. Mm. It's like, it's not like... You just move on from that. Like, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) But if it's like, my girlfriend, she models and, like, she'll be the same. She'd go to casting and they're like, nah. And you're like, well... They're only looking at you. There's the only reason you're not getting the job is because you're not <laughs> yeah, good enough. And yeah. it's like, gets her down. It's the same deal. It's hard. Yeah. I did the wrong reality show, although I'm, I'm not a good chef. I'm <laughs> no good with power drills. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think having uh, in the world of reality, having going on a show where it's like skill-based definitely makes it a lot easier, especially coming out the other side. Mm. And if you were, you know, a bit of an ass, you can get away with it if you're cooking yeah. really good food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a bit of a dick, but God, how good's his food? Yeah. Or it's like, oh, he's such a good guy, but God, he's pretty crap cook. It's <laughs> like, so you can, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, pretty fortunate there. I guess you've got to have both though, don't you? You've got to have the talent and then you've got to have that personality that engages people, yeah. whether that's positive or negative. Yeah. Um. For you, obviously, they loved you. You, You've had a career since the show. What was it like becoming sort of suddenly famous because of a television show? Um, It was different. Uh, You know, it was hard too. It was really hard. Um, You go from being a guy from the Northern Beaches that, you know, works on the beach lifeguarding and wants to one day get in the fire brigade to like all of a sudden walking down the street and people are like, oh, hey, and then you get asked to do these things. You get these opportunities that come up and then they go away and then another one comes up and it Mm. sort of starts and there was a lot of stuff that happened and didn't happen and a lot of hard work. You know, I wanted Mm. to continue on. I wanted to work as hard as I could. A lot of people think that the world gets handed to you on a plate Mm which is completely wrong because yeah. if the world got handed to you on a plate after a reality show, there'd be thousands of complete twits running around doing things they shouldn't be doing. Absolutely. You've got to work hard yeah. to do what you want to do. You know, the people that do well off reality shows, they're already driven. You know, mm. they already want to do something. They're that sort of person. The people that are doing well are working their ass off. Such good insight, Hayden. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't just rely on the, the show no. to deliver the next opportunity. No, it, it is hard work. It, I often think it's harder work to be taken seriously within that yeah. industry yeah. because of the tag of reality TV. Did you find that? that- um, yeah, there's definitely, especially in the food world, it's funny because you know I'm not a chef. I've never claimed to be a chef. I've done no formal training. I've never been to TAFE, nothing like that. I've spent a bit of time doing work experience in restaurants, um, haven't done anything in restaurants since then. But I went on to MasterChef and my dream wasn't to become the next, you know, Gordon Ramsay and have a million restaurants and be an amazing chef. My goal was to share my love of food and whether that be through a TV show, a book, a podcast, whatever it may be, that's what I wanted to do mm. and that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm fortunate I, I write for Delicious Magazine with the likes of Matt Moran, Colin Fastnage, Sylvia, like all these amazing chefs and cooks and I'm a part of this world. Mm. And that was one of the things I really wanted to do was write recipes for an incredible magazine like Delicious. I get to do that every month and it's awesome. I was at the swimming pool the other day. This is one of my favorite things and it's only happened just recently. I was at the swimming pool. i just done some laps in the pool. I was getting changed and one of the ladies comes out and goes, Hayden, Hayden. And she's like fiddling around in her pocket. She pulls out this bit of paper and it was a cutout from the magazine she goes i love this recipe i take it everywhere (laughs) i'm like oh my god that's incredible (laughs) like how that's what you want like people cutting out your stuff and it makes you feel sort of like oh people actually see this stuff and they cook it and they want to be a part of it connecting with it yeah Yeah, it's a really positive change in their world yeah Yeah. and i guess that's what great about reality tv is that people i guess 
think that they're fans of people on the show, but do, do you see the audience that follows you online as fans or just as kind of, I don't know, fellow food or yeah. foodies? That Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I, I, some people you can tell are like they're really fan-focused. You know, mm-hmm. they're interested in Hayden and his girlfriend and where he lives and his food and what he's doing and all these different things. And then there's people that just love the food and they want to connect mm. and they want to ask questions. Oh, you know, again, like how should I do my meatballs or how long do I cook my pasta for? And it's just like a community. Mm. And that's the cool thing about food is, and then someone might post on your thing, oh, Hayden, I'm doing this. Do you have any tips? And then someone else will jump in and say, yeah. hey, Tim, you should do this. Cheers. I think you should give this a try. And I don't even need to answer yeah, that question. Yeah. You know, it's like, a, yeah, that's really cool. It's uniting people. How did you um cope personally? Like, I mean, all of a sudden you kind of being pushed in this direction that, that's your dream. It's great. But your personal life um, or your family and friends, uh, uh, were they cool with it all? Like it, it is something to get used to when, when your best mate suddenly becomes famous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all my mates, you know, they've been so supportive. That's that's. I think that's the number one thing is I, I'm very fortunate that, you know, all my buddies that I hang out with now are the same guys I went to school yeah. with. You know, we've got this incredible group of friends, um, family, everyone's been there and you know, my, especially my family, my mum and dad, they've supported me in anything I've ever done. You know, they, they've been behind me. You want to go to marine biology, do marine biology. Sweet. Yeah. And who cares if you finish or you drop out or whatever. You want to go overseas, go for it. I mean, it has been tough though. Like, not I, I don't have any issues with like people being negative or saying rude things or anything like that. I'm being fortunate. And most of the pressures come in from internally, mm-hmm. you know, from myself. And I found a lot of... I've had a lot of trouble with that. Like in the past, I've had big ups and downs, like really big highs and super low lows, like really low. And, you know, I'm not sure if you've experienced it where you're oh, like, yeah. yeah, you're completely, you're like, this This is the worst thing in the world. Like you're depressed, your anxiety's through the roof and it's what, really hard. What do you think that stems from? Like the... Um, I think that stems from comparison and comparing myself to yeah. others. You know, you look at someone else that's done a similar thing and they're doing this and yeah. you you're not you're not there yet or an offer for a TV project comes in and it's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. Hey, yeah. we love you. We love you." And then like a week later, "Oh no, you're not, we're not doing it." It's mm-hmm. like you've and you you put yourself out there, you're like, "Oh, mum, guess what?" You know, and your best mate, you're like, "We're doing this." And then they're like a month later, they're like, "Oh, what's happening with such and such?" And you're like, "Oh, yeah, about that." It's not not happening. Absolutely get that. And then it happens again and again and again. And like, I think it's probably like one out of a hundred that, you know, we we make work. And it took me a long time to figure out how to manage that, like mentally. Yep. Yeah. And it was really hard. And I had to get a lot of help and like do a lot of coaching and counseling and different things to just figure my shit out. Yeah. And just be okay with who I am. And I'm starting to get there. It's so hard, isn't it, when the pressure of expectation, when you do have a public profile, mm. it, it, you you live up to that. And, it, I mean, you don't at all wish you didn't have it. You don't take it for granted that you, no. you got that. But it, there is a pressure to keep that going. And especially these days with social media, I mean, you can't. It, yeah. first thing you do, you grab your phone and scroll and you're kind <laughs> of seeing what everyone else is yeah. doing. And it, it can get a a bit much it, it, 100% and the the hardest thing is is when I tell people what I'm doing they're like oh my god that's amazing you're doing so much yeah. it's incredible well done so great and in my head I'm like I'm not doing enough I'm not doing enough I need to do more I need to do more mm. like what's next what's next I just I've slowly learned to sort of step back from it a little bit be happy with where I am and what I've got and if it all turns to crap then I've still always got I've got my family I've got my friends yeah. I'm very fortunate 
there's lots of things I can fall back on. Um, so, yeah, but it, it it really has been tough. And even these days, I still have, a, you know, there's moments where I have a lot of trouble. Like tough. That's the nature of the business, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You've got to constantly be putting yourself out there. And, yeah. yeah. And, and you got to, it's like anything, you got to keep taking a risk. Keep putting yourself mm. out there, take some risks. And, um, and number one, be passionate about what you do. And that, that's the one thing a lot of people ask me about when they're going into or they've been in or they're in the midst of reality television. What's the one, what can you tell me? What's the best bit of advice? Be yourself. Absolutely. I, I always said to people, you know, be the same person you are down the pub, the same person you are with your grandma at the dinner table as your best mates, you know, at school. And if you're the same person with them as you are on TV, then everyone's going to love you mm. because that's who you are, mm-hmm. you know. Hayden, it's become quite a thing that you get the celebrity chefs on shows like MasterChef mm. and they're, every year they're bigger and bigger names coming on the show or, or different shows being brought out with celebrity names to them. How much interaction do you get as a contestant with these guys? Uh, that's really up to the celebrity chef, to yeah. be honest. Um, in MasterChef, the contestants are... Uh, got their own contestant area um, and that's where they hang out in between breaks. As we know, television takes a long time to produce. You know, mm. you start and then they've got to rejig cameras and you've got to do this and that. So master, you had like a little holding area, you know, where you could sit around. Um, celebrity chef comes on, obviously they sneak them on. They've got their green room, whatever. Once you figure out who they are and they're like, you know, welcome, Gordon Ramsay, hey, go mental. It's like, it's then really up to the celebrity chef if he wants to, like you can't go and approach him. If he's a good bloke and he mm. wants to come and meet you and say hello to the people behind the scenes, he'll just you just walk. They just walk out of their thing and go and say, "Tim, how's it going? You know, good to see you." And there was quite a few guys that did that. I guess once the show ends, and if someone like you who's um, like got cookbooks out on the market, you're then their competition. Mm. But you're meeting these guys that I guess were your idols, like mm. in the in the cooking world. And now they're you kind of your mates, yeah. Well, and, that, and you're on par with them in the yeah, business world. Like, that, that's funny, and it's funny because even some of the celebrity chefs. Here's a little insight from my world on MasterChef. They'd be like, they'd be like, "And oh, we got a special guest today. Welcome, such and such." And everyone starts clapping, and I'll be like, "Who the f- is that?" Person? <laughs> I didn't know who it was. I'm yeah. like, "Hey, I'm like, I don't know who that person is. Yeah. I've got no idea because I didn't come from like a restaurant world. Like when yeah, I was growing up, right. we didn't go to restaurants and we weren't yeah. into fancy food. I was into home cooking. But that's cool now. Yeah. You know them. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, yeah. I, I, and I think that's a beautiful thing, you know. Um, I've got a real great relationship and friendship with Matt Moran. Um, mm-hmm. He was, and you know, George, Matt and Gary, they're all incredible. You know, George was on the show. He was amazing. He would just give me this look. He'd be like, just give me this look. I'm giving Tim a big look, guys. <laughs> All listeners out there. I'm like, it's like the stink eye. Yeah. You like, do this little nod, and I know that I needed to like pick my game pick up. up. And there was a couple of times where George should actually get me and pull me aside and be like, because he knew I was the sort of person that needed like a kick up the bum. But yeah, someone like Matt, he, he's a legend. We did Family Food Fight last year together. We spent eight weeks together hanging out. And he's someone that just couldn't do more for you. And he is probably the busiest man I know. Mm. I don't know how he does it. There must be like three of him. It's like Hermione and Harry Potter. Got a time machine thing. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, and and it's incredible that these people that have done so much do still have so much time for others. Yeah. And I think that's where you can sort of differentiate between someone that's really good and someone that's like a totally other level where they're just like killing it. Like having time for other people, it's so important. Awesome. Mm. I mean, you're making relationships with with the the celebrity chefs. What about the producers? Did you have a producer you became close to that helped you through the series? Um, they sort of 
it's funny, you know, uh, when you're in that competition style, everyone's pretty like segregated. It's like, I'm a very personable person. Like Mm -hmm. I make good relationships and connect with people quite well. And, you know, I was quite friendly, but it's, you can tell that there's like a point where they're like, okay, I'm working and that's, you know, Mm -hmm. work and we're trying to do work here and you've got to be pretty careful. And they do too, because you're in a competition and if all of a sudden Tim's looking over and I'm talking to ex-producer and having a laugh and having the best time, it can be thought of as like, oh, is there some sort of like, Mm. you know, is he getting better treatment than me and and that sort of stuff? I got along best with the camera guys. Yeah, they're good guys, aren't they? Camera guys are all... One of my best mates is a camera guy, Yeah, because camera guys are my sort of people. You know what I mean? They are. they're, They're like... Most of them... Well, a lot of the guys are, you know, either from the northern beaches or around here and, you know, it's... They go surfing. You talk about yeah. surf, and like I hadn't been surfing forever, and and one of the boys, I mean, Robbie, what's the surf like? Is it surfing? You've been so, oh mate, it's so good. <laughs> it's out. And that that sort of humanity really helps in Absolutely, that environment. Yep. You know what I mean? Because you're in a bubble. They're making a television show, and I guess uh, the producers are there to make sure that that television show is interesting to watch. Are you wondering, like, is there trust built there, um, or are you thinking, oh, uh, are they kind of pushing me to say this or do I'm, that? I'm like ultimately a very trusting person, but mm. I also can read bullshit. Mm. And there'll be times where it's like, oh, Hayden, oh, I th- oh, what do you think? Do you did you really, you know, did you stuff that up? I think that was no good. I'll be like, no, it was great. I killed it. And I'm also a very positive person. Yeah. And even the bad is good. And I, I figured out very quickly that we were making a TV show. There was a lot of people that didn't realize you were there to entertain people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not there to, you know, cook what you want to cook you cook what you get told to cook and that's it mm. you know do it you know perform perform monkey mm-hmm. go it, it is like that isn't yeah, it that's yep. what it is and if you can accept that and go i'm here for a reason and give yourself that ownership of that reason then it becomes you own it and you're not getting told what to do it's just you you're doing it that's exactly how i played big brother and how i think i won i i worked with the producers yeah. I, I almost worked for them, you 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 yeah. deliver them the show. Exactly. Be interesting. Be yourself. Be engaging, and it makes their job easier. They don't have to squeeze it out of you yeah. on camera. Producers are people, and they're doing a job, and you're both trying to achieve the same outcome. You know, it's not you against them. And if you want to come across as a bitch, then that's only you. As mm. a lot of people come off reality show, oh, I'm portrayed as this. It's like if it comes out of your mouth, mm. you've been recorded. You you said it. Like, that's that's simple yeah. as that. Like, it's it's funny, chatting to uh, various reality stars on this podcast, It's uh, there's been a few different, like, you either say that line that you said, if it comes out of your mouth, you said it, and then a few others have sort of acknowledged that when you take something that someone said out of context, it does change the original meaning of how they said it. Yeah, that, that 100%. That's I, definitely I guess true. it's a fine line, isn't it? I, I agree that if you said it, you've got to be held accountable to what you said. Yeah. But then the producers have to be held accountable to how they've edited it and put it in the show and then they add the music. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Real, well, life, real life doesn't have music. Yeah, exactly. And like, do, 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 do. Yeah. Like, that's, not, that's not real. That's And yeah, well, it's, it's very hard. And again, that comes back to... I was on a cooking show, you know. Did you feel like there was ever a storyline created in the background? Like, and did you lean into that? Um, I don't know. I I knew I was always sort of portrayed as like the surfy, chilled young guy from the northern beaches, mm. and that's sort of who I am. And who I just are, yeah. yeah, I just went with that. You know, mm. I always wore my hat. You know, and that that's sort of something I didn't realize it at the time, but that made 
a point of difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a branding thing. Yeah, it's like you a know? trademark. Yeah, and, and I didn't realize it was going to become a trademark, but it made you stand out. Mm. So I guess if you are going on these shows, you need to have a point of difference. You can't be the same beige person mm. as everyone else. So when you saw the footage, when the show went to air, you, you felt like your time was portrayed accurately. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, it, for the bits that I've seen. But I think, yeah, I think everything that, you know, mum and dad and everyone said, it was all pretty much me. Like I said, it's the same as, you know, you you want to be that same person across all those fields, on mm. TV, down the pub with your grandma, you know, in public. You know, you can't try and pretend. As soon as you start pretending, it's like, oh, you're going to trip up here. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't heard too many MasterChef contestants come out unhappy with their portrayal. Cleo Bachelor of the Year 2012, Watch how it. did that come about? Was that your idea or, I mean... Um, I don't... I think I basically got an email from Cleo and they're saying, oh, we're going to nominate you Mm. and you're in and that's Mm. about it. Yeah, I was pretty shocked with coming away with the title. Um, It's cool though. Yeah, how did it change things? I mean, it's a great opportunity and when you're putting, building up a brand to have that in your resume, it's great. Yeah, 100%. You know, that was, and the big thing for me was, and like with anything I do, if I get offered an opportunity, I always... I'm a researcher and a reader and a looker-upper and just make, oh, is this right for me? You know, does this mm. fit? Um, and you look at the people that have done it and the people that have won it and you're like, these guys are killing it now. I needed a haircut though. I look back at those photos, my hair was like longer than yours. <laughs> did you find that when you did that, your audience became not just the foodies but it, it's it's younger girls who yeah. <laughs> you, you're kind of a sex symbol to them then? How well, did that's that feel? Yeah, I've never, uh, yeah, it was kind, it's kind of weird. Um, you know, it's, because you go on a food show, it's not like you don't get your kid. Oh, I got in my speedos once though, in MasterChef yeah. <laughs> down at Cronulla. We we're doing this sausage sizzle thing at Cronulla Surf Club, and I was like, oh, "Anyone got a pair of speedos? I go for a swim." Because I like, I'd done surf club my they, whole life. He knows what spruiking the, it. I bet know? the cameras are. Oh, oh, I hate it. Get that camera out of me now. Everywhere. So that was like that's a little bit of again playing up yeah, to the yeah. whole TV thing. But it's not outside your everyday life. No, it's yeah, not. Exactly. I'm not doing something that's not me. Yep. This is just normal for me. I'm like, and I hadn't yep. been in the ocean for like five months. It's yeah. like, give me some sluggers, yep. get me in there. Yeah, you're currently dating an American model, Jax Rayner. How and your relationships get regularly reported on? Mm. Is that something that you get used to quickly, or it still feels uncomfortable to be exposed um, like that? Yeah, you, I think you're about the food, and all of a sudden you're in headlines talking about your personal life. Yeah, I think. Um, if you're happy in your relationship and your relationship's quite steady and if they write an article about you saying, oh, Hayden and Jack's down the beach, whatever, it's like, oh, okay, that's you know, sweet. But I think if you're in a bad space with your relationship and everyone's been in that mm. space and I've been mm. in that space with Jack's and previous relationships, mm-hmm. it just adds more pressure onto... It does, to, doesn't it? You, know, yep. you, you talk to your mates and you're like, oh, mate, I'm struggling with my missus, da 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 You know, you don't have someone looking at you when you go down the shops. And, you know, I've been fortunate that, you know... I never had any big dramas or any issues like that and I think they wrote an article a while back about I always get asked when are you and Jack's going to get married mm. Jack's is only 23 so she's quite young I'm 31 so mm-hmm. there's a big age gap there and there's a lot of stuff that we want to do before we get mm. married and I was like oh hell no we're not going to get married what are you talking about no way it's like <laughs> Hayden doesn't want to marry his girlfriend yeah. like, and she gets and she's like what do you mean? <laughs> it's like causing this drama in between yeah. us. I could I could already be married and people yep. wouldn't even freaking know. Because that's the thing. She has to share you with the rest of Australia who's interested in your life. Yeah, exactly right. It, it is it is tough, but Jax, Jax is pretty good about it. And she, you know, she, she met me well into my post-MasterChef journey. You know, we've been mm. going out for like two and a half years now. So 
I was well underway with what I did. And, you know, that was sort of what I said to her at the start. I'm like, look, I work in the media at home. You know, I do this, I do that. I spend a lot of time traveling. I'm not home a lot. And she was cool with it. So, yeah, away we went. So when you look back on your reality TV experience, what do you, what do you think of it now? Would you do it again? Would you do the whole ride again? Um, so I, I went back and I did I did MasterChef All-Stars. Um, I don't know when that was. That was a little while ago now. But um, that was good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd go on Survivor like tomorrow. Would you? Uh, 100%. Oh, you should go on it too, Tim. You'd be uh, really good. I just couldn't play the social game. I'd go on Survivor 100%. Yeah, nothing, else, like, nothing else really interests me. Yeah, know? right. I always get the email from Bachelor. It's like and I was I'm going like, to say that. All yeah. you need to do is like look on Wikipedia and say I've got a girlfriend. So that's not going to happen. But yeah, that... people have have broken up with girlfriends in the past to get that opportunity. Really? Oh, <laughs> that's oh, awesome. Yeah, they have. No they way. Have. Uh, don't, just, it just doesn't Jack's interest you. Is block your ears. Um, yeah, no, it does. It doesn't interest me really. Um, what obviously. is your take on people that do shows like Big Brother or The Bachelor? At the end of the day, you know. If you want to go on The Bachelor and that's how you fall in love with Mr. Right or, you know, your favourite amazing lady, then good on you. Mm. It worked. Mm. You don't need necessarily need to, you know, end up marrying, you know, Mr. Bachelor mm. as long as it works for you. But I think if, if you're going on there and at the end of the day, if you, you're The Bachelor and you've got like 12 girls on there and 10 of them are only there just because they want to do something else then it makes it really hard for Mr. Bachelor because Mm. he's only got two girls that are genuinely there to find love or the Bachelorette, whatever it may be. I'm shocked that they still find enough people in Australia to to go on these reality TV shows, but maybe I guess the interest has increased for people to Mm. do it. Mm. Um, I mean, MasterChef, it's it's one of the dinosaurs. It's been around for 10 years. Mm. Why do you think the fascination or the continual interest is still there in the show? And... I mean, it's evolved since your time. Yeah, I think the I think the evolution has been incredible. Like the producers are just so smart with what they do. Even looking at this tenth year, I think it's the best yet. Like you can feel it. You know, even if people don't do a good dish, it's like you know you could try this. It's quite uplifting, which is, I think, what people want on their television because there's so much like bad stuff. You know, mm. in the news and our world. It's nice to have something that's quite light. And, yeah, and and common and and. You know, people are used to food. You know, it's it's never going to go anywhere. It's never going to change. So, and are you still friends with many of the other contestants from the show or other seasons? Is there a big Master Chef gang? Um, you kind of hang out and stay in touch. Yeah, we well, we had the uh, Master Chef ten year reunion, uh, not reunion. What do you call it? Launch party for the season that just started down in yep. Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. Um, when the show kicked off. Um, but uh. And it's, it's interesting because it's weird. You go into this room and you've got all these people that you've seen on television and you're like, okay, have I met this person or have I just seen them on MasterChef? I'm I mean, not quite, quite a sure. few, isn't there? Like, oh, it's massive. Some seasons it was two a year, hey? Like, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And you look, well, you, 10, year, 10 years, you've got 24, 240 yeah. people pumping through there. And yeah. the, the amazing thing is the, the list of achievements that people have you know, ticked off after MasterChef, yeah. whether it be chefing, restaurants, writing, styling, developing recipes. It's, it's amazing. Gelato shops, cheese shops, mm. this, that. It's just incredible. And I think that's part of the reason why it's so successful is that the people that go on it do continue on to follow that MasterChef dream. Mm. You know, it is an actual mm. real thing. You know, people, they could do a whole nother show on following people post-MasterChef and, like, documenting what they do. Yeah. It's so cool. 
I want to ask you a question. Uh, your take on all the food delivery apps and mm. how that has changed. I guess it's younger generations. Now, you, you don't need to really prepare a great meal. You mm. can just order it and it comes to your door within sort yeah. of 15 minutes. Do you think that's a great thing or it's, or it's sort of making people not cook it for themselves anymore? It's a great thing when you're rap filming at like 11 o'clock yeah. at night and you want to feed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm someone that uses it 100%. It's, it's incredible. It's smart. It's great. But that's someone that I cook, you know, six nights of the week for mm. myself or me or Jack's cook at home. Like I eat home-cooked meals 90% of the time. Um, I think if you're relying on that as your sole source of fuel for your body, you know, and that's one thing that for me, food is fuel. Food is a way to fuel your body to be smart, to be active, to be loving, to be happy, to be happy, mm. all of those things. And if you're just eating takeout constantly, mm. it's, it just can't be good for you. Um, plus, you lose that that use of your hands, you know, that thinking, that creativity, mm. that mm. that love, that passion, all those things that, you know, our grandparents and everyone, you know, you watch a nonna cook. It's like, this yeah. is... This is love. Like she's not just like pumping it out. She's into it. Yeah. You know, she yep. and she's doing it because her children and her grandchildren and everyone's gonna get food and feel well after having it. And what's life like for you now? What are you working on at the moment or, or what do you want to do ahead with your career? Um, I'm pretty busy. I do lots of stuff. Um obviously I mentioned earlier the Delicious magazine. Mm. So I contribute to those guys, which is really great. Uh we do like a weekly meal planner, so get people away from those delivery services yep. and cooking at home. It's really fast, fresh, easy stuff. Um I have a partnership in a gym on the northern beaches called the Cube Gym. Mm-hmm. So we're a functional health and fitness gym. Uh, I got about forty classes a week, so all group classes. Yep. Um, myself and two mates that I went to school with, um, we started that about four and a half years ago. Yeah, cool. Um, actually started in a backyard in Collaroy. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it all began. And then we sort of moved into a small warehouse and then we've moved into a bigger warehouse and we're looking to continue to grow. Yeah. So um, that's really cool. Uh, and then I have a partnership in a wine label based out of Melbourne called Kooks. Yeah. Um, and that's a, it's a great project because it's a purpose-driven business. Um, we're a B Corp, so... Um, 50% of what we make goes back into different crazy stuff. So wow. not not necessarily charity, um, yep. but more like we sponsored these guys that wanted to build a boat out of our plastic Jetstar bottles. Wow. And, and you know the beer can regatta they do in the Northern Territory? Yeah. They make yep. boats out of beer cans. Yep. So these lads made a boat out of our plastic wine bottles that yeah. they recycled and we like sponsored them. And then there's these guys called Playground Ideas and we support them. Yep. This hip hop group called Hip Operation. They're like 80 <laughs> year old people. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they're yeah. doing the hip hop. It's oh, that's really, awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I guess that keeps the passion. It keeps it fun, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It keeps it fun. And you know, there's a lot of amazing work that people do for charity but then there's also people that have got these labors of love that they just you can't get them off the ground and you can give them a little bit of support and do something cool and fun i mean it's adding positivity to the world isn't it it's supporting something like that yeah yeah so it's that that's pretty cool um it's good wine too nice and easy you can get it at dan murphy's everyone go and buy a bottle um (laughs) over 18 only thank you um (laughs) drink responsibly uh, what else was I going to say? Yeah, so lots of stuff. And then me and my sister, we have a business together. Yeah, I just keep busy writing yeah, you're recipes. you're a busy guy. We've obviously done a lot of TV. I did um, some international stuff in South Africa with mm. Hayden Quinn, South Africa, which was really cool. Um, did a couple of shows for Foxtel. Um, did Surfing the Menu with Dan, yep. um, Dan Churchill, who was ex-Master Chef as well. And we had a blast. You know, we traveled basically the 
top half of Australia from Monkey Meyer to Cairns wow. or Byron. Yep. Um, and that was, you know, amazing. Yeah. You know, I got that. That in itself is like a dream. Yeah. You know, for someone yep. that loves food, loves Australia, we got to surf, eat, and travel around the most beautiful country in the world. And then we did Family Food Fight last year, which unfortunately I won't be back on again, which is a bit of a sad, sad one. But, um, yeah, working on some other projects with television and media, so yeah. it's all good. I'm thinking about starting my own podcast up as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, you've it's going done... to be a little different. I'll have to have you on, Tim, though. What, food? We won't be Chatting a... food or what? Um, more travel lifestyle stuff. Yeah, but we cool. Wanna, I want to get out of like studio setting and like, yeah. you know, do something that you love doing and you show me around and we wander around with microphones yeah, and headphones on and just have a laugh. We... Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It sounds like... You are living the dream and you've got opportunity at your feet, but you're still the same guy and you've got the same mates and yeah. you've still got the same passions that you began with. And yeah. I think that's what a lot of people along the way, the reality TV machine might eat them up or change them. Mm. For you, yeah. I reckon you're the same guy. Yeah. And that's, I wish all the best success Thanks, that mate. comes because, nice. yeah, you deserve it. Yeah, no, thank you very much. It's been great to have a chat. It's nice to be able to talk about these things. Yeah, good on you. Thanks, mate. Okay, guys, we've reached the end of this episode. Thanks for everyone listening. This podcast is available on iTunes, Acast, and all the places you normally listen to your podcast. 